Welcome to a special edition of Faith Seeking Understanding. I'm John Green, and I'm your host. And I just this year, I, I normally, whenever I pastor a church, I never preached a Father's Day sermon or a Mother's Day sermon. Um, I just said I don't do Hallmark moments. Um, so I'm doing something today. I wanted to just do not, not a very long thing. It's not going to be as long as a sermon would typically be. But it's a reflection on being a father and, and sort of what does that mean at some level. And I thought this year would be particularly important for me to do that because God gave me and Suzanne great gift this year, right? I mean, so right before Easter, Will fell. Something happened. We don't know. He very nearly died. The surgeon expected him to die. Everybody intending expected him to die. Um, and they have reinforced that multiple times. But after the first day that he lived, so he lived through the first day and the first night. We didn't get a call from the hospital that first night. Suzanne and I both believed from then on that God was going to heal him. And he has. And so there's still more healing to do. He's got to have some more surgery and all that kind of stuff. But it's remarkable the completeness of the healing that he has right now. And so wanted to reflect on that a little bit and what it means to, to have a child given back to you. And I wish that, that, I, that I had something more poignant to say, but, but it's, it's a remarkable thing to have a child given back to you that you really, the first day, we, we just prayed, came before the Lord and said, Lord, he belongs to you. He belonged to you before he came, became uh, our child. And we believe that we'll see him again because he's a believer. And so we, we, we had that faith that we would see him again. And that's a sustaining thing to know that this is not the last time that I will see him. In fact, I'll be with him throughout all eternity because we both believe in Jesus. And so that's an important thing. And it, it, was, it was a strong thing for us to know that. That, that reality um, meant everything in the world to us. But we believed also that God would restore him after he lived that first day. And we went through a great many things along the way. We went through three or four situations where we were told, this, this is, you know, going to end it. We were literally, we were told twice by doctors that, that there was a situation that had happened that, that he's going, he, he probably won't live from this. People die from this, John. There's nothing we can do, John. That was what we were told by two different doctors two different times. Had a nurse ask me one day, came into the uh, neurotrauma ICU room, is somebody that, that we had been around a little bit. She had uh, been Will's nurse several times. And, and so she came in one day and said, John, um, if Will is not a, would, would, do you think he'd want to live if he were not able to do X, Y, and Z? Have you all given any thought to that? And, and what she was suggesting was he's not likely to make a full recovery. He's not likely to, to be the person he was before. And do you think he would want to live if he were, quote, um, less than full? And, I, I mean, I, I just didn't know what to say. Because it seemed like the most ludicrous question anybody could ever possibly have asked me. Um, I, I wouldn't have aborted him in the womb if he were less than, and I'm certainly not going to kill him now because he would be less than. And so in thinking about that this year for Father's Day, I've been thinking about that and been thinking how grateful I am for that, how grateful I am that the very first person that, that showed up at my house after this happened was my son Pelham and his wife Anna, who flew in from Seattle that first night and came to be with us, and how grateful I am for for a son like that, 
who, who dropped everything and came and said, we want to be there and we want to help and, and we want to do things and sort of manage the household while you're um, um, sort of, you know, kind of covered up with uh, the, the responsibility of being at the hospital and all that. And so I'm thankful, particularly this year, for both my children. And, and I, I am very grateful for that. But, but one of the things that I wanted to reflect on for you today, and, and I'm trying to learn this. This is not, you know, this is not John's learned something and he sits at the top of a mountain. No, this is something I'm really not very good at. And I'm trying to get better and, at, at, and that's being thankful. That, that's being thankful. You know, I, I tend to, to be somebody who, who might dwell a little bit more on what, we, what I don't have than what I do have. And so it, it's a hard thing to come out of that. Um, and so what I want to share with you today is something I've shared with you before, and it's something that I'm trying to share with myself more and more often and, and sort of recalling how to be thankful and what does it mean to be thankful and what does it look like. Because it's easy to be thankful for the big things in life, for the big moments in life. Um, it's, it's harder, I think, for us to, to see the small things that are constantly going on that we should be thankful for. And so, particularly for Father's Day, what I want to do is a reflection for fathers, but, but also for those who have fathers. And, and I want to reflect on this song that I've talked about several times before because because it's one of my favorite things and it it draws me back always and it's the most helpful device that I know of to help me be thankful and and I actually knew about it before I knew about it. God took me to a place where I learned something that that actually ties in very closely with this song. The song is Dainu, and and it's sung at Seder meals. It's it's one of the most upbeat things that happens at a Seder meal. It's about uh, at least a thousand years old, we know. And Dainu means it would have been enough, is probably the best way to translate it. So it's what what it does is, you remember the Passover meal, the Seder, and the point of the Seder is to recall the events of the Exodus. And it's not just to recall it mentally. The purpose of the Seder is to put yourself in the shoes of those who celebrated that Passover before any of these things happened. And so you can't put that in the background and say none of those things happened yet. Um, So you're celebrating a Passover Seder in in the same way, for instance, that Jesus would have celebrated that Passover uh, right before he died. And so it it helps us, I think, and it, it fits in with the way that we celebrate the church year, at least in our tradition. And it's we remember things. We we remember Advent, and the reason that we what what the point of Advent is is to to recall what it would have been like to be alive before Jesus came, before there was a Messiah, before there were any of those things, and so we we immerse ourselves in the the pain of existence. It would be the easiest way to say it. And while while our, our existence may not be painful to us, we're not the only people on this earth. And, and so the point of Advent is to put us in a place where we can um, see the pain in the world and be a part of that and to, and to say, what would it be like if there were no God, there were no hope, that this was all there was, and it was never-ending. And it was, if it were completely up to humankind to fix the earth. And so that puts us in a place where we can give thanks. 
at the incarnation at Christmas in a way that we wouldn't otherwise be able to do that. If we, if we, if we remove ourselves from the pain, we just live our lives and we, we neglect to see the, the pain and the suffering all around us and the fallenness and brokenness of the world, then, then that's different. And we, we don't celebrate Christmas the same unless we recognize what he came to save us from. You know, your life, you may be fat and happy at the moment, but that that's not everybody's experience. And so our point is that. And so then we go through the season of um, Epiphany, and, and the joy of Epiphany is the recollection of the revelations of Jesus throughout his life leading up to the cross. And then we move from that, the joyous celebration of the incarnation and the revelation, up through um, a period of time, then we, we move into Lent. And we begin to prepare ourselves again but by the recognition that we are fallen, busted, and broken ourselves and sinful. And so we don't just need the incarnation. We also need the salvific event of the cross. And so we don't just want Jesus to come into the world to save the world. Now we want him to come into the world and do the work of the cross to save us. And so that's the preparation for Easter. And then after Easter, we celebrate the post-resurrection appearances of Jesus all the way up until the Ascension, 40 days later. And then ultimately Pentecost, the outpouring of the Spirit, the the presence of God on earth now in in his people and through his people. So that's the way we do that. We celebrate these things by remembering these things. And we do it from a position of having already experienced them. And so at the Passover Seder, they they know that it's already happened. They celebrate the reality of it, but they they also want to put themselves in the places of those who have not yet seen these things. But at the same time, they want to celebrate what God did in the Passover. And so Dainu is that song. So remember, the chorus is is just, it would have been enough. And so, if he had brought us out of Egypt, it would have been enough. If he had executed justice upon the Egyptians, it would have been enough. If he had executed justice upon their gods, it would have been enough. If he had slain their firstborn, it would have been enough. If he had given us their health and wealth, it would have been enough. So that's the leaving slavery. And then, if he had split the sea for us, it would have been enough. If he had led us through on dry land, it would have been enough. If he had drowned our oppressors, it would have been enough. If he had prepared for our needs, provided, sorry, for our needs in the wilderness for 40 years, it would have been enough. If he had fed us with manna, it would have been enough. And then five stanzas of being with God. If he had given us Shabbat, it would have been enough. If he had led us to Mount Sinai, it would have been enough. If he had given us Torah, it would have been enough. If he had brought us into the land of Israel, it would have been enough. If he had built the temple for us, it would have been enough. And, and the, the, what it's doing is it, it's recognizing that this redemption is a process, and it's celebrating every step on the journey. And, and that's important to do. And the reason I said that I knew this principle before I ever knew this song was because years ago now, before I ever went to seminary, I was, um, we were home in Chattanooga on, for Thanksgiving. And, and I, was, I was dealing with a, what I thought was a call to ministry and, and wasn't sure. Right. So I'm out walking in Chickamauga Battlefield. And I, I made a mistake and I started at the wrong I started at the end of the walk. So I started the trail at the wrong end. And it was supposed to be marked, and I was fussing all along the way that it wasn't marked. And then suddenly I turned around to look at something and realized, well, it certainly is marked. But you're going the wrong way, John. And so the bit then began, that pushed me into a reflection on different 
experiences and events in my life that were painful and difficult for me at the time. And it was like, God, why are you pointing me in this direction? And so I'm looking at these places in retrospect and realizing that all those were inflection points. If it had gone the way that I wanted it to go, I wouldn't be the person I am today. And that all those events and experiences that were painful to me, the difficulties that I'd experienced, some of them, you know, completely um, self-inflicted wounds, those things were the ones that shaped me into the person that I was. And I began to be able to be thankful for those things. Now, so if, if he showed me how to be thankful in the pain, then how could he show me to be thankful for everything else? And, and as we've gone through this experience with Will, I, I look back and I'm glad that I did something that I didn't know why I was doing at the time, which is I made these daily videos and posted them on the Facebook page that, that Pelham set up. And as I look back on those things now, I see these milestones that we pass along the way, right? He lived through the first night. Would that have been enough? And when I can get to the place where I can say that would have been enough, then I can be happy. When he didn't have, you know, when, he, when, when the pulmonary embolism fear passed, that would have been enough. But he was still in a coma. When the fear of pneumonia passed, would that have been enough? He was still in, in a coma. When this happened, you know, when they when they backed him down on certain kinds of things, would it have been enough? And we celebrated those things as they came along, but we were looking for that greater celebration that came later. And so the the point that I'm trying to make is 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 this, you know, I'm celebrating today where he is. I'm celebrating that God has recreated him, which is what I was praying for all the time that he was in the hospital. And so I, I celebrate those things now. And I look back, and I could make a list of my own dainu based on what happened to Will. And then can I say it would have been enough? You know, at the moment, it truly was. All along the way. We celebrated those things because it, it showed progress on a journey. We didn't know, and we still don't know where that journey will end because I don't know what God has in store. But we celebrate those milestones along the way. And then after he comes out of the out of the coma, then we begin to celebrate other little milestones, right? Now he can speak, and he understands these things, and he can he do these things? Can he do this? Can he do that? Can he go to the bathroom by himself? Can he can he walk? Can he you know? And it's like having a child all over again. And it's like God gave me a second chance. It gave him a second chance to celebrate him. And to celebrate his life and who he is and who God's making him to be. And so every moment along the way, it's enough. But in retrospect, seeing all of God's miracle, was that enough? And I hope that I'm getting to a place where I can say, yes, it would have been, Lord. If you hadn't done the rest of it, it still would have been enough. If we can begin to live like that, then we can begin to live from a place that, that calls us to be truly thankful. Because we celebrate these things all along the way. And then we stay in that place of celebration and of wonder at the things that God has done. And so today I want to say that I'm thankful for being a father. I'm thankful that God gave me two wonderful sons that I love dearly. And now I need to be better at celebrating and loving them on an everyday basis, no matter how frustrating things might be from time to time. But I need to be better at that. And, and the way to be better at that is to look back and celebrate those milestones along the way and to have hope in God that that journey is not yet finished and that whatever that is today God can do more even tomorrow so it causes us to be thankful for everything we have and hopeful for that which is not yet